my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. everyone Angela Bowen here the host of oh my Lanta holy chalupas an unofficial full house fuller house podcast well today I'm continuing with the Jesse's musical journey series with season 5 episode 15 play it again Jesse this episode actually is the first episode to air in 1992 to kick off the new year January 7th, 92. In this episode, when Becky returns to work, Jesse is uncomfortable with being a stay-at-home father to Nikki and Alex. We'll get more on that. Don't worry. This episode's got a 6.8 out of 10 based on 245 ratings. Guest starring, we have Danny Breen as George and Greg Collins as Tough Guy. Greg Collins, of course, is a familiar face because... He's been in at least two episodes and will be in two more episodes after this. He's always wearing the jean jacket. He's got the five o'clock shadow stubble. He's got just a grumpy face. Looks like he's never been happy a day in his life. And it's always, he never, it's always tough guy. He never has an actual character name. So the first time we saw this guy was in season three fraternity reunion he was one of the jail cellmates when just when Danny and Joey get arrested for trying to steal the seal from the fraternity or a sorority that took their seal back in college their stuff seal um they end up getting tossed in the holding cell with three or four tough looking guys so that was his first appearance. This is his second appearance, Greg Collins. And then, of course, we have suburban graduation or suburban sub, subterranean graduation. He plays kind of a bully on <clears throat> the subway train, just being kind of a jerk to Stephanie and Michelle because they're sitting next to No, they're sitting across from him, actually. And then, of course, he appears again in Super Bowl Fun Day in Season 8 as one of the uh, frequent uh, bar flies at Weeb's Sports Grill. We also get the return of Gil Edwards as Vicki Larson, who has actually accepted a position as a newscaster, I believe, in... Newscaster or field reporter? One of them! In Chicago. So Danny is now dealing with the possibility of having a long-term relationship with Vicky. So this episode was directed by Joel Swick and Tom Rickard. We have writers, Jeff Franklin, the creator. We got Stacey Herr. We got Dennis Rinsler and Mark Warren. We do have some connections for this episode. Vicky paraphrases the We'll Always Have Paris line when saying goodbye. It's from Casablanca, 1942. 
When saying goodbye to Danny at the airport, immediately after, Jesse and the airport's lounge band play As Time Goes By, Rick and Isla's song from the movie. Of course, we also have another connection. General Hospital, a man in the supermarket, tells Jesse that General Hospital is his favorite soap opera. Ironically, John Stamos was in an episode, well, actually, it was in more than an episode, I guess, from 82 to 84. He played uh, a tough teenager named uh, Blackie. Parish, I believe. All right, we do have some trivia here. <clears throat> In the scene after Jesse knocks down the paper towels, the Ralph's logo appears behind him to the right. Ralph's is the most popular grocery store in Southern California, and they have no locations in San Francisco. And also, this is not trivia. This is just an observation. Rebecca returns to her job to host Wake Up San Francisco after her maternity. That's not trivia. IMDb needs to get on this, honestly. Okay, we got a goof. Revealing mistakes. When Jesse accidentally knocks the stack of paper towels over, he can be seen nudging some of the lower ones with his knee. I'll check for that. Continuity. Rebecca says Alex has a birthmark, but it's been mentioned before that they can't tell the twins apart. Becky does mention something that's a little like TMI on what's uh, on Wake Up San Francisco. I'm like, um, the audience didn't need to know that. As Jesse is there. Yeah, she's mentioning the similarities between Jesse and Alex. And I'll get to that. Alright, so we do have a review. This gives um, Fried Toast 02, April 14th, 2021. 6 out of 10 says. So much stuff is happening. So they started by saying this episode is forgettable and has so much happening in it. Becky returns to work and Jesse has to stay at home with the kids. Becky is moving to Chicago and Danny is having a hard time with it. Stephanie shrinks DJ's sweater and Jesse gets a job at an airport. Wow. That's like four storylines happening in one episode. I'm just not a huge fan of this. First of all, you have a main storyline and then you have... You know, the little side mini plots, which a lot of times it just seems like shows sitcoms do that. They will have the main running plot that's the focus, and then they'll break away for like a, a mini plot. Sometimes they have, you know, little other things, but it's like you gotta, you know, involve the whole family in whatever's going on. You know, it's a, it's a full house of people, I'm telling you. Everyone's got something going on. Alright, before I get into this episode, I do want to let the Tanner Newbies, a.k.a. the pod, new podcast listeners, who have just jumped aboard the Tanner Train, a.k.a. the podcast, I want to say welcome. And I want to tell you where you can listen to the podcast. You can listen to it absolutely free on Apple Podcasts, Podcast App, SoundCloud as well. It's another one that you can listen to it. Also, the podcast does have a social media page. On Facebook, just type in Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast, so my Atlanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. You can click on it, follow it, so that way you know which episodes I'm doing which month. Because I don't go in order of episode by episode or air dates, I do based on the series, which can be related to a holiday, a character, anything that just comes out of my mind, basically. I did release a podcast episode 
giving out the schedule for the 2022-2023 podcast schedule for Full House. So that way you can find out what series of episodes I'm doing per month. Now, I did mention in the episode, and I'm saying it here, due to changes in my work schedule or something else, if something else is going on, those aren't a hundred series are not a hundred percent set in stone that they're necessarily going to be that month. If I have to flip flop, move things around, then I'll do that. But that's pretty much the series as they are. Those won't change, just the order and what they when they go up. Most likely will. Also, another thing is <laughs> As you can probably tell if you've been a listener for a while, uh, this year is all about Full House. Full House, the podcast portion of covering Full House episodes, will be ending in 2023. And 2024, I'm going to be focusing on wrapping up the Fuller House portion. There's probably about maybe 30-some episodes left between seasons one and five that I have to do. So... If you've stuck with me this long, I really, (laughs) I hope that you'll find it in your hearts to continue on with me with Fuller House. Now, just because I, once I wrap up both shows, doesn't mean the podcast is necessarily going to be over. I have Full House Stephanie books that I'd like to review for the podcast. Some behind the scenes stuff on Full House. All you know, other things I'd like to, you know, little mini episodes. I want to start doing compilation mini podcast episodes based on, you know, characters or performances or just like my favorite Jesse moments of seasons like one through eight or just in in general, kind of almost like what I've been doing with these series of episodes, focusing on a topic and going through the different seasons and episodes and kind of compiling a list of, and, you know, basically probably it'll be like a top five list. Oh, worst characters, worst guest stars, something like, like that. Also, Full House, if you look on YouTube, Full House is a plethora of public ser- PSAs and stuff, and I found those and I'm like, oh, that would be so cute. So I, I, I'm slowly working on that as well for another mini episode down the road. Also, I have been releasing some of my favorite childhood movies that I've watched. Andre is one that is going up this week for this weekend for Earth Day. That came out in 1994. I just love that movie so much. So, yes, I will be actually putting that one up. For Earth Day on April 21st. Because I'm actually recording this on April 21st. Also, like all podcasts, all podcasts need support. Now, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for money. None of that stuff. The only thing I ask is a moment of your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, if you could go to iTunes, leave a review. All five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. You can have fun with it. You can use emojis to describe episode titles. You can tell me your favorite character. You can hit me up with a trivia question. 
just, yeah, again, just, just have fun with it. So, all right, without further ado, let's do, but we got to see the cold open first. We always get blessed with the beautiful cold open, which is like usually 30 seconds, 45 seconds or less of, of extra nugget of footage. So let's check that out. So we see Jesse in the kitchen. I think it's morning time and we have him feeding Nikki. And you can even see the baby like pushing the bottle away. And Jesse's acting like he's sucking down the whole thing under a few seconds. And he's like, oh, Nikki, save room for the peeking duck. And, he's just, and Jesse laughs and says, just a little solid food humor. So Becky comes down in a, like, tealish turquoise, like, a, kind of a suit skirt type of thing with these big gold buttons and she's got her briefcase and of course she's been on maternity leave for probably at least six to eight weeks and of course you know she's bonded with her babies and just the idea that she has to leave them she doesn't get to be with them the whole day and she says oh I can't believe I have to go back to work already and she looks at her babies and says oh I'm gonna miss my pookie bear so much and of course Jesse's you know basically the stay-at-home dad at the moment taking care of the twins and the other household duties since he and Becky live in the attic so they gotta they gotta chip in <laughs> help out around the house well aside from doing their own stuff mainly Jesse's doing the laundry for the twins which a lot more laundry I can imagine they're both both babies are wearing white and blue Nikes and Jesse Remind you, like, honey, you're going to see them in an hour. Remember, you're putting them on, their, on your show today. And Becky says, yeah, but what if they do something cute? I mean, what if they learn how to talk? And Jesse tells her, I'll have them call you. And Danny is, as much as it's great to have Rebecca back on the set of Wake Up San Francisco, it's like, oh, it's our big welcome back Becky day. And our depressing... Goodbye, Vicky Day. Oh, farewell, Vicky Show is what he calls it. Anyhow, oh, the the suit jacket is just ugh. and the tie is even more atrocious. And Vicky looks at him because he's all focused on Vicky. It's like it's our farewell, Vicky Show. And Becky looks at him, eyebrow raised, and she says, "And." And Danny says, "And our even more important welcome back, Becky Show." And Jesse, of course, has to state the obvious. It's like, wow, things are going kind of, you know, heavy, heavy with you and Vicky. Uh, I thought you'd be broken up about this. I thought you'd be a little down. And Danny's like, what, me, down? <laughs> you mean Mr. Up? Of course not. And yeah, in this amount of time that Becky's been on maternity leave, Vicky, Vicky Larson's been filling in, and, you know, Danny's fallen in love with her. They've started a relationship, and now... She's going to leave. It's a running thing with Joey. He comes in and his neck, he's got to see his chiropractor. That is not good. He's got a stiff neck and he's like looking upward. Hopefully someone's driving because he worked at the same, the, the same TV station as Becky and Danny. So he may as well just ride because he ain't driving like that. That is in no condition. That is, wow. Not to mention, 
I don't think he's going to be in uh, <laughs> condition to be able to be on camera. Though he's going to be staring right into those set lights. Because, yeah, when he walks in, his head is, like, arched back. And they all say, oh, morning. He's like, and they're all looking up, like, what are we looking at? And Joey says, yeah, Danny's like, oh, what are we looking at, Ranger Joe? And Joey says, nothing. I, I have a stiff neck. I feel for him there because I've had a stiff neck that went on for days and I was like in tears. And not, it wasn't just so much even the neck, it was also like the shoulders or just the, uh, yeah, and I went to the doctor and he was in and out in like five seconds, about the back of my neck, like, oh, you have blah, 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 I'll prescribe this. I'm like, okay, and eventually it did go away. I mean, that's not the first time my neck's been stiff. It's probably just like how I was sleeping, but would never wish that pain on any, to the point where you can barely even turn your neck that it hurts so much. And the thing is, when you're driving a car and you're backing out of a space, kind of need to be able to turn your neck and look behind you to make sure you're not going to run over anything or anyone or hit any any cars coming, passing behind you. Joey says, oh, I hope my neck loosens before my show or it's going to be bird watching day. No, I don't think a stiff neck goes away that fast. I mean, I don't know how long he's been, it seems like he woke up with a stiff neck, so it's like, mm, that's not something that I think settles in 24 hours. If you're lucky, it does. Of course, we get, uh, Mr. Woodchuck, Mr. Woodchuck, <laughs> Mr. Woodchuck saying, yeah, we can look for woodpeckers. Every pun that comes out of his mouth his puppet mouth is in relation to something wood, woodpeckers, oak, pine, what have you. He's a woodchuck. Of course, Becky's got to get in a stiff neck pun of her own as she says, oh, Joey, keep your chin up. <laughs> uh, if, if you were Joey, you would not be finding that funny. She says, oh, I guess you have no choice. And Danny has to, like, turn Joey around to lead him out the doorway into the living room. Take it easy. Save some room for the Peking duck. Just a little uh, free solid food humor. Oh, I can't believe I have to go back to work already. I'm going to miss my pookie bear so much. Well, you see him in an hour. Remember, you're putting him on your show today. Yeah, but what if they do something cute? What if they learn to talk? I'll have them call you. Okay, let's roll. Today's our big farewell Vicky show. And? And our even bigger welcome back Becky show. <laughs> Vicky, we're going pretty hot there for a while. I thought you'd be a little down about her leaving. Down? Me? Mr. Up? <laughs> Mr. Life of the Party? Oh, yeah, man, let the good times roll. Why'd she have to go? <laughs> Morning, everyone. Morning. Morning. What are we looking at, Ranger Joe? Nothing. I have a stiff neck. <laughs> Boy, I sure hope my neck loosens up before my show, or it's going to be bird watching day. Yeah, we can look for woodpeckers. <laughs> well, Joey, keep your chin up. <laughs> Guess you have no choice. <laughs> 
All right, so we have DJ and Stephanie coming downstairs, and DJ tells Stephanie, like, forget it, Steph, you can't borrow my clothes. And we know this is an ongoing thing that has been going on that will keep going on. In fact, there's an episode in, like, season seven or eight where DJ borrows, like, a blouse or something of Stephanie. But by that time, they're, like, relatively close in, in height and build and everything. like. But here, DJ is 15, Stephanie is, like, going on 10. They're, um, or if she probably already is 10, they are no way the same set. Everything that Steph is going to put on is going to be just too big on her, you know? They're at two different sizes, and ugh. Not to mention, when I think of what DJ wears to school, I mean, she's wearing a red blazer with a white button-up top and then blue jeans. But usually I think it's mainly just the shirts that Stephanie wants to wear. She wants to be just like DJ. We all know that. Seriously, Steph is wearing the same, a similar jacket to what Kimmy was wearing with the coat of many colors, you know, different colored patches jacket. And Stephanie's begging at this point, like, please, 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 please. And Michelle jumps in with, look, let me handle, look. She said no, 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 okay? And DJ said, look, Stephanie, my clothes are off limits, which means you don't touch them. Don't look at them, you don't wear them, just leave, stay, stay out of my room altogether actually would be helpful. Yeah, she says, my clothes are untouchable, off-limits, this means you. You know, I mean, even though my sister was six years older than me, I don't think there was ever a time where I'm like, hey, let me peruse your closet and wear your leggings or your stretchy pants or something to that effect. Or, oh, let me borrow your banana clip or your crimper, because my sister had both of those things when I was a teenager. DJ would never wear the sweater in her life because Steph's like oh I hear you and as soon as DJ closes the door she turns around Stephanie turns around to Michelle and says not I'm wearing DJ sweater and it's just some purple dark purple sweater that's got like like a heart or a square different multicolored things it's just that are sewn on the the collar of it, it just, it looks really gaudy and not great. And I'm like, no, we know what DJ's fashion sense is from season three to season four to season five. A lot of it being blazers. She would not wear anything like this. I mean, when we find out the reveal whose sweater that actually is, that even still, it looks like something literally that Michelle would wear. I'm guessing they're either carpooling or walking to the bus stop. Or walking to school. Because Jesse hands them their lunches and sends them on their way. Didn't give one to DJ. I guess she just buys her lunch. So the girls head out and then Jesse is seeing how the boys are doing. Because their car seats are just sitting on the kitchen table. This makes me nervous. And I'm not even a parent. But I just, I don't like it. It just, the fact that they could just slide forward and fall right off the table things have happened so of course he gets a phone call and it's 
a record company that thus turns him down. And again, he's had shots with music executives. He just went on a tour at the end of, you know, at the end of season four. He was going on a tour and he came back like an eight week tour. He even ends up going on one at the end of season five and into season six. So it's not like he hasn't had a little smidge of success here and there. I guess it's just like the music execs like sign him and then they see how he does, finds out he doesn't pan out so well, and they drop him. Like, we tried it, we sent you on a tour, didn't really justify doing that by sending you out. You weren't a success, so we're just going to drop you from the label, bye. Yeah, he says, oh, it's the record company, the baby. One of them is, like, asleep. The other one looks like he's getting there because they're under bright lights on the set. So, Jesse is so confident. He's like, oh, tell me, tell me you love the song. Oh, you like the song. Okay, well, I mean... You could get used to it. You know, like, I hated blue cheese. Tasted like sweat socks. I eventually, oh, okay, you don't, you don't like this. Mm, okay, well, thank you for crushing my dreams so slowly. But they, the person even on the other phone said, I'm sorry, because Jesse's like, well, I'm, I'm sorry too. So he gets off the phone and says, oh, boys, I'm sorry your old man got rejected again. Yeah, he asked them, oh, but you still love me, right? They look... Like, yeah, they love, of course, they don't care. If you never sing another song or get another, you know, record label to sign you, they love you. So he has them give him a, a high five. He's like, out of work high fives. I'm thinking, well, you're not necessarily out of work. I just, I don't understand why he couldn't have just kept with the advertising business while he was doing the music thing. Because it's not like he's writing new songs or anything. It's always, if I make this one-hit song, a record exec will sign me. And then they'll send you on a six- to eight-week tour, find out you're not successful, and then they'll drop you, and then you have to start from square one again. Forget it. You cannot borrow my clothes. Please. No. Please. No. Please, please, please. I'll do it. <clears throat> no. 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 Remember, my clothes are untouchable, off-limits. This means you, understand? I understand. Not. I'm wearing DJ's sweater. <gasps> She's going to have a cow. All right, lunches, kisses. All right, have a good day at school. Doing all right, boys? Huh? Don't get up, I'll get it. Talk to me. Speaking. Oh, guys, it's the record company. <laughs> Tell me you love the song. You like the song. Oh, well, maybe you can learn to love it. I mean, uh, you know, as a kid, like, I hated blue cheese. I thought it was like eating, like, sweat socks. <laughs> but, no, really, but eventually I... Right. Okay. I'm sorry, too. Rejected again. But you still love me, right? <laughs> That's what I thought. Now we're all in the same boat. Out of work, high fives. Out of work, high fives. So now we head to the studio, and Vicky is all like, This is my last day on Wake Up San Francisco. 
and she and Danny stare into each other's eyes like they're about to kiss, and then they realize they're on camera facing an audience, and it's like, yeah, even though it's her lessee, you still need to keep things professional. And, yeah, because she even mentions how Rebecca Donaldson is returning from maternity leave, and Danny says, oh, by the way, I just spoke to the station manager, and they're looking for a weather girl. The job's available if you if you want to do the new the weather right here on. Uh... Oh yeah, to do the weather reports right here on Wake Up San Francisco. And he's like, oh wow, isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? And she's like, oh, it would be if I didn't already accept a position in Chicago. Yeah, she says, except uh, I was just offered an incredible job anchoring the news in Chicago. Anchoring the news versus being a weather girl, like, I can see where she would rather. And the thing is, that's always kind of been her dream. Later on, she talks about, um, want, you know, having played with a Barbara Walters doll as a child and want to be, you know, a news anchor and everything like that. Uh, Danny can't believe it. He's like, Chicago? Like, really? The Windy City? He tells her how, oh, you'll have to wear a hat, you'll get hat hair. It's like, I mean, <laughs> I honestly would have been like, oh, uh, yeah, Danny, that sounds like a great idea. Uh -huh. I, I might consider it. Let me think about it. And just broke the news to him because she's telling him while they're live in front of the camera. Yeah, she says, uh, Danny, let's get back to uh, Rebecca coming back on. We'll talk about this after the show. Rebecca is waiting Danny cannot let this, yeah, of course he can't. He's like, Chicago, really? Didn't they have a really big fire there? I always laugh at this. She says, it was over 100 years ago. I'm sh sure it's out by now. <laughs> I love how she just, come, Becky comes in and then like bends down from the camera and basically is welcoming herself back. And she says, hi, I'm Rebecca Donaldson and I'm welcoming myself back to the show. Welcome back, Becky. Why, thank you, Becky. And, of course, Danny and Vicky are like, oh, well, welcome back, Becky. Okay, so she has been out for the last eight weeks, two months. She says, I want the viewers to see the two reasons why I've been out of work for the last eight weeks. Nikki and Alex. And, of course, Jesse brings the twins on. So, Jesse brings the twins out. Becky takes one, and then Danny takes the other one. I love their little hooded gray jackets with the, um, it's like the inside of the hood is orange. It's really cute. And then, of course, she has to introduce Jesse. Like, this is my husband, Jesse. Yeah, she says, oh, they're identical twins. And this is where the next thing she says is, like, TMI. She says, except for Alex, who has a birthmark on his tushy just like his daddy. And I'm like, Whoa, we did not need to know that or hear it on live television. <laughs> he had to say was they're identical twins. And yeah, and Jesse's embarrassing. Like, I'm out of here. And she tells the audience how proud she is of him and how hard he works and taking care of the twins now that she's going back to work. Yeah, and she tells the audience, you know what he's going to do today? He's going to take care of the kids. He's going to do the shopping. He's going to do the laundry. He's going to cook dinner. Jesse, <laughs> oh, he's going to be masculine. And after that, I'm going to wrestle a bobcat with my bare hands. 
Wake Up San Francisco. I'm Danny Tanner. And I'm Vicki Larson. And today is my last day because Rebecca Donaldson is back from maternity leave. I'm going to miss you, Danny. No, Vicki. You know, I just forgot we're still on camera. Yes, you are. <laughs> but, uh, Vicki, I have a big surprise for you. I spoke to our station manager, and he wants you to do the weather reports right here on Wake Up San Francisco. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, it would be, except this morning I was offered an incredible job anchoring the news in Chicago. Chicago? The Windy City? You'll, you'll, you'll have to wear a hat. You'll get hat hair. <laughs> Danny, why don't we talk about this after the show? Because Rebecca is waiting to come Chicago? on. Chicago? Didn't they have a really big fire there? <laughs> it was over a hundred years ago. I'm sure it's out by now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rebecca Donaldson, and I'm welcoming myself back to the show. Welcome back, Becky. Why, thank you, Becky. Welcome back, Welcome back. Becky. Thank you. Thank you, Becky. Thank you very much. Um, I would like all of our viewers to meet the two reasons that I've been out of work for the last eight weeks. Nikki and Alex. Come on in, boys. Oh, hi. Hi, baby. And everybody, this is my wonderful husband, Jesse. Say hello, honey. Hello, honey. <laughs> These are our boys. They're identical twins. Oh, except Alex has a birthmark on his tushy, just like his daddy. I'm out of here. <laughs> Come on. I am so proud of this guy. Do you know what he's going to do today? Mm. He is going to take care of the kids, do the shopping, do the laundry, and cook us a wonderful dinner. Well, right after that, I'm going to wrestle a bobcat with my bare hands. <laughs> so, Jesse's now at the supermarket with Nikki and Alex. He puts one of the twins in the... Thing that you used to weigh bagged, like, grapes and vegetables and what have you. To see how much you're going to owe at the register. And either Nikki or Alex weighs 14 pounds. He's like, holy moly. Have mercy, 14 pounds. And he's got one kid strapped in um, the baby chest-carrying contraption. So he asks as he pulls the twin out of there, he says, have you guys been sneaking down into the kitchen and eating cheeseburgers at night? It's like, no, they're just, they're growing. But yeah, one of them is, again, he's using uh, the baby carry thing on his chest. And then he's got the, uh, the car seat there on the grocery cart. So this is funny. This scene coming up here, well, Jesse with the shopping cart, it looks like he's got just the essentials, you know, fruits, veggies, and plastic bags and whatnot, some juice. Here come Michelle and Stephanie. Stephanie has got a literal armload, a stack of, and she says, oh, here's our dinner, Uncle Jesse. It's all nothing but junk food. But then again... Think of the opening, especially like season one and two, where the the kids are buying junk food and putting it in the cart, and you just see Danny like crossing his like, no, 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 don't put it in there, and they do anyway. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a season one opening, actually. Wow, she's, uh, Judy Sweetness, she's got... One, two, three stacks, and then she's carrying two bags underneath this armload of stuff. And Michelle, I, she's five. She knows better. 
She's like, oh, you better buy these. I already ate four. I mean five. She opened up a bag of cookies, a box of cookies, excuse me. Says, you got to, sweetie, has no one ever told you you need to buy something before you start eating it? Otherwise, that is stealing? Come on. I mean, when I was in checkout, I was going to buy a candy bar and I took a bite of it. That's one thing because I'm already in checkout and I'm buying it. But she's been walking around with a box of cookies, just stuffing her little hand in there and just eating. Like, oh, he's going to have to buy it anyway. Yeah. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold it. I'm not buying all that junk food. It's Stephanie. Yeah, it's like Edamons donuts. There's cookies. There's a bunch of stuff. Michelle's white shirt matches, like, the, the plastic like, ribbons or whatever they're supposed to be in stars or everything, like, match the same things that are on her jean jacket. Yeah, she puts it in, yeah, the box is open, she says, you better buy these, I already ate four, and then she shoves the other one in her mouth. I mean, five. Of course, Michelle sees Billy Bunny cereal, which looks like the Trix Rabbit. She's like, I gotta have it! 100% Tricks Rabbit. It's a ripoff. It says low and sugar. Oh my gosh. They totally ripped off the kick cereal and put Billy Bunny and the Tricks Rabbit on it. Oh my. Because it, it literally looks like. Yeah, it says low and sugar. Kids approve or something like that. That's for Tricks. Because it's got the little. Uh, blue box on the lower right hand that that talks about it and jesse's like michelle look let me tell you something okay just because there's a goofy character on the front does not mean you need to rush out and buy it doesn't make the product any good but jesse changes his mind pretty quickly because he sees elvis peanut butter this has been a while since he's been in uh a store because it seems like you think they would already have this, knowing what a big fan of Elvis Jesse is, that they would have already bought it. I mean, I remember uh, Peter Pan peanut butter. And this this store's got a lot of uh, interesting aisles. There's sewing notions, laundry. There's toys that have a slinky and just some... Oh, they do have some play school stuff. Okay, so it's the actual name because they are in a store. Stephanie asked him, like, Uncle Jesse, isn't that the same thing as Billy Bunny cereal? And Jesse says, no, Elvis is a man, not a cartoon. And he says, all right, what one do you girls want? Do you want smooth or hunka hunka chunka? We'll get both. And this just makes me think of, like, when I was a kid, they still have the kid cuisine in the uh, frozen food section. And as a kid, I would see commercials. I always wanted. I, I never, ever got that as a kid. Uh, but the one thing I remember my dad did get for me once was the squeeze it. Um, those squeeze it bottles. I can't even remember how much those were. But I mean, I think it was just like a one time thing. I remember as an adult, when I moved into my own place, buying my own groceries for the first time, I was so jazzed to buy my first pack 
of Coca-Cola back when I drank regular. It was just, because we never had cans of pop. It was always like a, a two liter of pop of Coke. And also, the only time we ever really had cans was like when we would go up to the cabin when I was like 13. We would, you know, if you're from Michigan, you know, Spartan brand pop and stuff like that, we would get like a a few of those. We get a bag of Gardettos. I'd always eat the rye chips and the pretzels. <laughs> this is back when, remember when snack foods had like little viewing windows in the front so you could kind of see? I'd always check the ratio, the pretzel rye chip ratio of the Gardettos. Ah, oh, those were good times. Uh, of course, he's got one twin strapped to him. And then he's like, oh, hey, Nikki, how you doing? Because he's got him in the car seat at the front of the car. And he's like, whoa, boy, you, whew. And the thing is, other people are probably, <laughs> but we also have other aisles here. We got kitchen something. We got table, looks like tablecloths. One aisle says foil. Then also above Oat Brand Flake cereal and other things, it says 100% organic foods. Oh, yeah. One says kitchen utensils. So, Jesse, why didn't you bring a diaper bag? Because he's like, oh, do we have any diapers? And Sammy says, uh, diapers are aisle... Yeah, diapers are in aisle three. He actually asked the girls, did we bring any diapers? You did not bring a diaper bag with you? You're bringing both babies out to a store. One of them is probably going to poop at some point, although we see that evidence right there. Yeah, he sticks like a little air freshener on the bottom of Nikki's pants. So Jesse tells the girls we need milk and bread, and they start running down an aisle. And Jesse says, no more junk food. And they start running in the other direction. I would like... No, you're staying with me so we can get this done because I don't need to track you down constantly because who knows how long a grocery trip would take with all of them there. Like, no, stay with me. Stay with the cart. We're doing a quick in and out. I will get everything we need. But with them gone, he starts piling the cart with smooth and hunka hunka chunka peanut butter you know as a kid i loved chunky peanut butter but as an adult i tend to gravitate more towards the smooth so here comes this guy with a mustache and a sweater he's like oh hey i saw you on tv this morning and he says oh you're rebecca's husband jesse donaldson because becky didn't say his name was jesse katsopoulos and Jesse corrects him, says, it's Kutsopolis. Jesse Kutsopolis. And he shakes the guy's hand and says, oh, it's nice to meet another house husband. Or basically stay-at-home dad. Jesse, yeah, he's just, he's coming off so offended. First the name, and now all of a sudden it's like, no, I'm not a house husband. I'm a musician. And of course the guy's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a screenwriter. Jesse, he's not asking for you to explain your life story because I'm just doing this because uh, my career is on hold at the moment. And the guy tells him, oh, yeah, I said the same thing to my wife when she went back to work four years ago. So he, he tells him 
yeah, Jesse's like, oh, so for the last four years, you've been just staying at home taking care of the kids? And the guy says, no, I've been, you know, shopping and uh, carpooling and, you know, my favorite soap opera, General Hospital. <laughs> the guy says, oh, I'll see you Thursday, double coupon day. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he is, he is really offended by that. He doesn't like the idea of, like, oh, I know, so it's been now great. Well, it's either... Then go find another job, then, while you're, I mean, seriously, if it's that big of a bother, then go find something, a gig or something. Go get a gig and go play somewhere. If it's that big of a bother, go call up the Ripper, say, hey, what you doing? Let's get a gig somewhere. Boom, you got a job. How about that? If it's that big of an issue. I mean, yeah, the guy was me. I mean... <laughs> Guys, just being nice, like, hey, I saw you on TV and this and that. And it's, but as soon as he said Donaldson, Jesse's tune changed, and he immediately was like, <laughs> Have mercy, 14 pounds. You guys been sneaking down in the kitchen eating cheeseburgers at night? This is what you're going to look like if you don't start growing hair. Come on. I got our dinner, Uncle Jesse. Hold, 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 hold it. I'm not buying all that junk food. Oh, my gosh. You better buy these cookies. I already ate four. I mean, five. <laughs> the only bunnies there are all going to have it. Hold, 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 hold it, Michelle. Hold it, Michelle. Let me tell you something. Just because there's some goofy character on the box, it doesn't mean the product's any good, all right? Oh, my God. Elvis peanut butter. Daddy, isn't that the same thing as Billy Bunny cereal? No, it is not. Elvis is a man, not a cartoon. And what do you guys want, smooth or hunka hunka chunka? <laughs> we'll take both. All right. Hey, Nikki, how you doing? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you bring any diapers? Diapers, aisle three. All right, I got an idea. Come here, pal. Here we go. Here, I said I keep you smelling pine fresh till we get there. <laughs> All right, girls, we need milk and bread. Got it. No more junk food. <laughs> you don't need that much peanut butter. Maybe you do. Hey. Saw you on TV this morning. Really? Thank you. You're uh, Rebecca's husband, Jesse Donaldson. Pizzopolis. Jesse Pizzopolis. Whatever. I'm George, and it's nice to meet another house husband. Not a house husband. I'm a, I'm a musician. Yeah, I'm a screenwriter. <laughs> I'm just doing this because my career's temporarily on hold, okay? Yeah, you know, I said the same thing to my wife when she went back to work. That was four years ago. <laughs> so, so for four years, all you've done is take care of the kids in the house? Of course not. I mean, there's uh, shopping and carpools and, oh, my favorite soap, General Hospital. <laughs> so I, I gotta run. I'll see you Thursday, double coupon day. Hope I can sleep Wednesday night. So now we have Michelle and Stephanie pretty much ruining their dinner. Well, mainly Stephanie. She's like, oh, these funky Franks aren't bad. They're like little sausage links. Or not so much salt, but just the uh, the mini 
the mini uh, sausages. And she's like, oh, there are these Funky Franks aren't bad. Oh my, which is funny because Funky Franks will see that in the season eight opener when Comet takes off after a VW bug car with a giant hot dog that says Funky Franks on it. So that's a fun callback. She says, oh, these Funky Franks are pretty good. I better try a few more just to make sure. First of all, when they give out samples, you get one. You don't just stand there and just start helping yourself. And not to mention, I mean, we got a bottle of mustard that you could just, I guess, squirt a, a line on the little uh, mini sausage link. But I'm surprised there isn't, like, a little dipping cup or something with just a little in there. Or, honestly, you don't even necessarily have to have anything. But and that's the thing I noticed. Like, it seems like maybe, unless it's just down here in Texas, that they don't really do that as much. Or maybe it's just a sign of the times that they don't do it as much. But when I lived in Michigan at Meyer, there usually would be someone with samples for like a new product and stuff like that like when i go to tom thumb there'll be someone that'll like oh do you want a sample like us like whatever wine is on sale that week i'm like no nah, i don't drink thank you so of course stephanie ends up getting mustard on dj's sweater um if you're any if you know anything about laundry care um <clears throat> I think we all know that mustard is impossible to get out of a shirt or any type of clothing. I mean, if you put, like, some shout gel on it or, like, a Tide stick, I mean, I would think, and get it in the wash right away, I think that would help. Stephanie starts freaking out, like, oh my gosh, what have I done? I got mustard all over DJ's sweater because if she's reaching for a napkin to clean it, you see the dribble, like, make a line down her shirt. The front of it. And, um, <laughs> her just dabbing at it with a mat. You're basically, you're spreading it all over the shirt now. I would have just left it as is. She is, like, smearing it all, like, all over now. It's like, I would not have done that. But then again, that's just me. Just leave it as a, a line running down the shirt, not smearing it all over, making it bigger. And Michelle says, oh, DJ's going to have a cow. And Stephanie says, yeah, tell me something I don't know. Oh, this is gross. <laughs> when Stephanie says, tell me something I don't know. And Michelle tells her, uh, yesterday I dropped your toothbrush in the toilet. I'm like, and you put it back? Oh, sweetie. Throw that toothbrush away. Hey, while we're here, let's pick up a new toothbrush. So, Jesse is like, all right, girls, let's go. There's already, uh, looks like a paper towel already in there, from what I can see. But now, like, apparently, he needs one. I mean, you're buying one paper towel, a single roll for a family of ten? <laughs> Try again. So, Michelle goes, oh, I'll get one. And because there's a tower of paper towels, she pulls the one on the bottom. It's like, no, I mean, Jesse could have said, Michelle, I'll get it and just take from the top. I mean, he does, but then his elbow, like, knocks the pyramid down. Yeah, he says, you don't take from the bottom, you always take from the top. So as he's grabbing the paper towel roll on top, 
his elbow nudges across all the other paper towels that are standing just beneath it and just creates a domino effect. It just, boom, they're gone. Uh, and the fact that it probably took some grocery worker a while to set that up so perfectly. Okay, I'm looking. I don't see anything that makes this a Ralph's store. I'm not sure what they're... I'm trying to make out what this sign is that's hanging down that says $865. It's a sign... I mean, at first I thought it was like a missing kids poster. Like, have you seen this child like an age progression thing? And I don't think it's that. But what is $865 exactly? Is that how much the store's raised in donations? I don't know. Hmm, these funky friends are pretty good. I better try a few more just to make sure. No, you get one and move on. take from the bottom, always take from the top, like this, you see? I could have done that. Yeah, I'm just thinking of that Punky Brewster episode uh, in season one where she goes shopping with Henry and she, there's like little square pizza samples and she pretends to be a twin so she can get a second slice because you only get one, which is basically how it should be because I'm sure they only get so many, you know, for everyone to try. But then again, if they're just sitting out, they're going to get cold. So I wouldn't put much. But anyway, yeah. I'm just, that lady's just sitting there. Why wouldn't she said, okay, you've had two. I think you're done. Like, I'm cutting you off. Alright, so now we're back at home. Jesse's making dinner. Michelle is setting the table. Yep, here comes Stephanie. I'm too full to eat dinner, Uncle Jesse. Now I know why they call them Funky Franks. So this is <laughs> a thing that will go on where everyone apparently is not able to make it home for, or for dinner or they just aren't hungry or they're going to get something out of the way. Stephanie's the first. Jesse tells Michelle take one plate away. So, Jesse goes to check on the boys. Meanwhile, he's leaving something on the stove. That's not good. And Stephanie's going to see how that uh, DJ sweater turns out. It shrunk. Now it'll fit Michelle. She's like, look what fits me. No, well, first of all, when she's like, ah, shrink, and Michelle says, that would fit my Barbie. Um, I think it would fit several. It, it's right around Michelle's size, which isn't surprising because she's wearing the white shirt with the plastic add-on ribbons. It looks really gaudy. So, <laughs> Stephanie sees DJ and Kimmy coming in the door, and Stephanie takes the shrunken sweater, hides it behind her back, and says, Oh, Deej, my loving sister. How nice to see you. And Stephanie says, I'm just going to go into the living room and uh, 
practice my moonwalk. Oh, I love this line from DJ. She says, Steph, the 80s are over. So Jesse comes back in and says, oh, girls, you're just in time for dinner. DJ lets him know, well, you know, we got to study at the library. We'll just catch a burger on the way. Not a big deal. Well, I know DJ will be studying the, at the library. I'm sure that uh, Kimmy's going to be hitting on the adorable uh, bookshelver <laughs> library assistant. Oh, you know she will. You know she will. And then she'll just copy whatever DJ writes because they have all the same classes, apparently. And <laughs> Jesse with a mock frustration. Is that what I get for slaving over a hot stove all day? And I'm just like, you have not been at that all day. And Kimmy adds, oh yeah, you sound just like my mom, but more bitter. Kimmy has got the coolest jacket. I love it so much. It's a jean jacket, but it's got a one collar is black and white racing checkered flag. And then the other one is like white with black polka dots on it. It just, I really, really like it. Jesse points to the, day, the door and just, like, out, out, out. And Michelle's like, ah, oh, there goes another plate. So, yeah. So now Joey comes in, and now he's looking down at the floor because he uh, still got that stiff neck. How did he make it home? How did he make it home? Because he's, he's, his head is, like, down. What did he do? He should have called out and made it an appointment. He did get, luckily, a chiropractor that can see him that day. Because Jesse comes over. He's like, uh, Joey, did you, uh, lose something? And Joey says, yeah, the use of my neck. I tried to crack it. My Joey, don't do that. See a professional. They're trained, certified in chiropractics that can help you. He could have been doing real damage to his neck and not know it. Did he do this before he got in his car and tried to come home? Because that is dangerous. And Jesse, well, wait a minute. I bet anything that all three of them just carpooled to the station would be my guess. So I think they just dropped, they probably did drop him off and just said, hey, we have a meeting to go over more stuff for the next couple shows. Tell Jesse we're not going to be home for dinner. So, yep. You got to take, uh, oh, and uh, one more plate. So that's a total of three plates. He says, oh, I need to go see a chiropractor, so I won't be home for dinner either. I'm like, did you make an appointment? Because odds are they're probably closed for the day, unless there's a 24-hour chiropractic clinic somewhere. Michelle's like, oh, why do I even bother? And when Jesse says, take one more plate away, she's like, oh, what is this? This is honestly the first time in the show's run that I've ever seen just two people sitting down to dinner. It's usually the whole family. Hey, it's less dishes to have to. Well, and the fact she's taking the plates away, but not the silverware. Oh, and to add to Jesse's duties, since you know, Jesse, you're not doing anything at this moment, can you sew this button back on to Mr. Woodchuck? And Joey goes and leaves, and Jesse says, Great, so not only am I Mr. Mom, I'm Mr. Woodchuck's mom. So Jesse brings over what he made, and I love how Michelle's got the plates all stacked right there. And he's like, Oh, what a day. And Michelle asks him, 
are you totally bummed? He's like, yeah, totally. He's worn out. He's frustrated. Yeah, I love Michelle. She's such a good listener. Like, you know what? Go ahead. Tell me all about it. Lay your problems on me. I'm here. It's just the two of us. Jesse is just... He's stressed out. He's worried if he'll never get a record deal. Is this it for me? Just being a stay-at-home dad, cooking, cleaning, watching the kids while Becky's at work. And Jesse says, I'm going to make some changes. Dude! What did I just say? You want to go get a gig? You go get a gig. Call up your rippers. Go get a gig. I'm sure they're plentiful out there. And then, you know, you got your little side things while you're doing the the music thing. And you're, you're looking for someone to write music. Write mu- real, original songs that people would want to listen to on the radio. That someone would pay $20 for a CD full of original music. Michelle says, oh, can we eat dinner first while you uh, <laughs> unload on me <laughs> all your problems and frustrations? And he says, yeah, sure, not a problem. I uh, hope you're hungry, though, because it's just you and me eating today. And Michelle says, I think you forgot somebody as Comet comes in. This looks like a regular cereal bowl. And Comet brings it over. And Jesse's like, well... Bon Appetit comment. I don't know what that is. It looks like meatballs and like some type of stew and like a crock pot dish. I set the table, Uncle Jesse. Thank you. I did fully eat dinner, Uncle Jesse. Now I know why they call them Funky Franks. Michelle, take one plate away. Now you see it? Now you don't. That's my laundry. I'm going to go check on the boys. I'll be right back. I threw DJ's sweater in. I hope that mustard stain came out. Ah! <laughs> it shrank! <laughs> that will be up my Barbie! Hi, Siege, my loving sister. I'm just going to go in the living room, Menda. Oh, I practice my moonwalk. <laughs> Steph, the 80s are over. Oh, girls, just in time for dinner. Oh, sorry, Uncle Jesse, but Kimmy and I are going to go study at the library. We'll catch a burger on the way. Is that the thanks I get after slaving over a hot stove all day? Boy, you sound just like my mom. Only more bitter. <laughs> Hey, Jess. Did you uh, lose something? Yeah, the use of my neck. I tried to crack it myself. You know, it's amazing how many people need shoe shines. Where's Becky and Danny? Oh, they said to tell you they had to work late and they'll be late for dinner. Michelle? Two more plates. Why do I even bother? Well, I gotta go see a chiropractor, so I'm not gonna be here for dinner either. Michelle? What is this, a joke? <laughs> hey, Jess, can you do me a favor and sew this button on to Mr. Woodchuck? Oh, I'd love to. Boy, this floor needs a wax job. Oh, 
my Mr. Mom and Mr. Woodchuck's mom. <laughs> what a day. I'm totally bummed. Yeah, totally. Go ahead. Tell me all about it. I just, I'm just afraid, you know. I mean, what if I never get a record deal? I mean, is this it for me? Cooking, cleaning, watching the kids while Becky's at work? I gotta make some changes in my life. Can we eat dinner first? Sure, Katie. Hope you're hungry because uh, it's just you and me eating. I think you forgot somebody. Bon appetit, Carlos. It's later that evening, Jesse's in the living room, the boys are in their little swing mobile things, and look how he's like pushing the swings with his feet, and then they um they go back and forward. While he's sewing a button on to Mr. Woodchuck's shirt or his blazer, and then he's like, Oh, you don't have a witty comeback since Joey's hands not up your back. <laughs> and then he tosses them in a chair and now Becky and Danny return from their work meeting and again mind you Jesse is still pretty fired up in regards to being called Mr. Donaldson and just his lack of not being able to get a record deal or have someone sign him and just being regulated to house husbands so okay so it looks like it was also a going away party for Vicky and Danny's trying to be upbeat and saying, you know, I should be happy that she's got a job, even though it's in Chicago. Then he easily trying to mask it, like, oh, yeah, I'm fine about this, even though I wept all over her goodbye Vicky ice cream cake. And, oh, do you know a good therapist? Like, uh, Danny, if you need to talk to someone, I mean, I'm sure there's someone in the house willing to listen. So, of course, she hasn't seen Jesse since he was on the show that morning, and she asked how his day was. He does let her know. Got turned down by another record company. They didn't like my demo. And she says, oh, honey, I'm sorry. He's like, oh, well, that's all right. I'm shaking things up. I got a gig tonight. And, of course, she's surprised by that because she's like, I've been working all day. I kind of hoped that we could spend time together, you know, as a family with the boys and everything. Yeah, he tells her, I'm playing with an oldies band at the airport lounge. She even kind of feels like, really, the airport lounge? That sounds like a step down. And Jesse says, no, from unemployment? I mean, it's a paycheck. It's music. He says, I get a real nice coloring book and those little wings like the, the pilots wear. And yeah, this is where she says, honey, I've been gone all day. This was supposed to be our time together. It's like, well, this is my chance to make some money for this family. And of course, again, I say one of the biggest arguments in a marriage, in a relationship, especially if you're living together and you're sharing expenses, it's always going to be money or not spending enough time together. But then again, if you work jobs that one's working at night one's working in the morning you're really you're not gonna see each other but you make it work but for jesse it's a it's a matter of pride for him because he wants he's used to 
he was raised with the idea that a man should be the one that takes care of his family and financially provides for his family. Because Becky even comes at with, look, I make enough, more than enough money to support both of us while you're doing your, your music thing. So, yeah, she says I make more than enough money to support our family. And, of course, they're living in the attic. They don't have to pay rent or anything like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, thanks for reminding me. And then she comes at him with, well, what, do you have a problem with me making a decent living? And he tells her, well, no, I have a problem with me making, you know, a living. So Jesse is all like, yeah, she tells him, like, okay, so I know what argument I'm in here. This is about your stubborn macho pride. And he's like, no, I don't have any pride. I lost my pride. You know, I'm going to get some pride. So he goes off to the airport lounge. And he says, say goodbye to Mr. Donaldson. And, of course, she has no idea where that came from. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not filling her in on the rest of the story. And I'm sure Becky's kind of like, what did I walk into? I mean, she, she, she didn't expect that. She's been working all day. She comes home, and her husband is just, he's going through something. It just seems like that is Jesse's way just to take off and in anger. Alright, there. Your button's on, you sawdust sucking tree freak. <laughs> oh, you have no snappy comeback since Joey's hands not up your back, huh? That's what I thought. Sorry, I missed dinner. Okay. Hello, boys. I tell you, Jess, I, I know I should be happy about Biggie's new job in Chicago. And I am. But I'm feeling a little guilty that I'm not happy enough, you know? I think I hit my feelings pretty well, although I did weep all over her goodbye ice cream cake. <laughs> I'm fine about this. I, I, I really am. Just, <laughs> you guys know a good therapist? I'll be leaving now. He's taking it well. Yes, he is. So, honey, how was your day? Well, the record company called. They didn't like my demo. Oh, sweetie, I'm sorry. That's all right. Shaking things up. I got myself a gig tonight. Playing with an oldies band at the airport lounge. The airport lounge? Hmm? Honey, isn't that a step down? From unemployment? Nah, it's music. It's a paycheck. Besides, you get a real nice coloring book and those little wings. <laughs> Honey, I've been gone all day. I mean, this was supposed to be our time together. Well, this is my time to make some money for my family. Jesse, I make more than enough money to support our family. Thanks for reminding me. What, do you have some problem with making a decent living? No, I have a problem with me making a decent living. Oh, okay, so now I know what argument I'm in. This is about your stubborn, macho pride. What pride? I don't have any pride. I lost my pride. We're going to get some pride. Say goodbye to Mr. Donaldson. So Joey goes into Stephanie and Michelle's room and asks, hey, do you guys have the heating pad? You know, because he needs it for his neck. And Stephanie says, oh, it's in Dad's sock drawer. He always preheats his socks in the winter. That actually sounds like a creative. I wonder if there are people that do that. And Stephanie asks Joey, how's your neck? And he's like, oh, it's, it's better. I just, I can't make any sudden moves with it. I'm surprised he doesn't have, like, a neck brace on or something like that to help keep it in place. 
Because here comes Michelle wearing the supposed DJ sweater. <laughs> that one fits me! And Stephanie goes, Michelle! And Joey, he's <laughs> like, what? I feel for Joey. He's like, what? <laughs> he turns his neck. Poor guy. Throw his neck out again. Ugh. Do go lay get the heating pad, go lay down, and don't move. And Mr. Woodchuck says, Where'd it go, stupid? DJ comes in and says, Oh, because she's looking down at Michelle wearing the sweater. She's like, Oh, I have the same exact sweater in my closet. And then she notices. And this sweater has a button missing where mine had a button missing. And she looks at Stephanie like, you want to explain this, Steph? What's, what? What's going on here? Yes. <laughs> she asks, can someone explain this? And Michelle says, hey, I just wear them. I don't shrink them. There's no way that DJ would wear that sweater. It just, ugh. And DJ says, Steph. And Stephanie says, okay, this is your sweater. I stole it, I wore it, I stained it, I shrunk it. I should have buried it. Michelle says, okay, DJ, have that cow. Stephanie apologizes. She says, DJ, I am so sorry. I will do anything to make it up to you. DJ says, well, make it up to Kimmy. It's actually her sweater. She says she borrowed that sweater from her last summer. Last summer? And apparently Kimmy's even forgotten about it. Like, this sweater's not important. But she, Kimmy's going to take this to the mat. She's like, oh, yeah, um, okay, Steph, so you say you'll do anything to make it up to me? And Stephanie says, oh, boy. Yes, I deserve this. What do you want? Name your price. <laughs> yeah, I love how Kimmy draws this out. She's like, so, Steph, you'll do anything to make it up to me? And Stephanie says, this is my worst nightmare. Yes, Kimmy, what do you want? And Kimmy says, actually, I've never had a pedicure in my whole life. She starts pulling off her shoes. And it's like, oh, gross. And then she starts, when she starts pulling off her sock, the, all the, <laughs> Michelle says, not the socks, run for it. And they all run out of the room. And Kimmy puts her bare foot on the table that they do their homework on. Girl, you need to get some help for your feet. Like, go to a foot doctor. Hey, Steph, have you seen the heating pad? Hey, that's top drawer. You know he preheats his socks in the winter. <laughs> How's your neck, Joey? Oh, it's much better. I just can't make any sudden moves. Look what fits me! <laughs> Michelle! What? I'll do anything to make it up to you. 
We'll make it up to Kimmy. I borrowed that sweater from her last summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is my sweater. So, Steph, you'll do anything to make it up to me? This is my worst nightmare. Okay, Kimmy, I deserve this. What do you want? Well, actually, I haven't had a pedicure in my whole life. Okay, now we're going to the San Francisco International Airport. I love how they're wearing, like, uh, pastel gingham suit jackets. They just look so cute. He's with all these older guys. Diplomats. <laughs> Aw, it's four old guys and Jesse. So cute. And it doesn't look like the kids are there. It's mainly just Danny, Vicky, Joey, and Becky. Hey, it's the guy that got out of jail. He's getting ready to leave the country, apparently. The Terminal Lounge. So she comes over, and Jesse's surprised. Like, oh, what are you all doing here? And she's like, well, we decided to come and see you. And she says, well, wait a minute. I thought this was an oldies band. And they kind of look at Jesse, like, give him the side. I'm like, excuse me? Oh, I think maybe in a way when she meant, like, oldies band, she was more, like, referring to, like, bands from, like, the 50s and 60s, something to that effect. Like, that's the type of music they're playing. Of course, now she's like, oh, I get it. Or, like, the geriatric band. <laughs> I'm surprised, again, why Joey went out if he's still got that stiff neck. Those chairs look so comfy. And Joey's chair is right next to the jean jacket grumpy guy. The guy turns and sees that Joey's looking at him. He's like, what are you looking at? Joey says, nothing. I have a stiff neck. And the guy says, you want me to adjust it for you? And Joey says, I'll just turn my chair around. Like, yes, Joey, do that. They are in such close proximity. They need to set those tables farther apart. Unless it's where the chairs are, like, bolted to the floor and the same with the table. You can actually move. Oh, wow. You can actually move those chairs around. That's pretty cool. And Joey, I, Jesse, in a very nice, light elevator voice, <laughs> says, oh, and for our next, oh, seems like we have a request. He says, uh, yes, sir, you have a request. What would you like to hear? The guy says, watch my luggage while I go to the John. I'm like, um, I know when I've been to airports, they really frown. Do not just leave your luggage just sitting there. Don't. If someone, another thing is, if someone asks you to watch their stuff for you or for them, don't do it. And Jesse says, oh, who, who wrote that one? Gershwin? Hit it, Irv. The guy just kind of looks at him so like, I'm serious about this. Watch my bag. I would be calling the cops on that guy. He looks like he's trying to leave the country, and he uh, he just looks like he's up to no good. <laughs> okay, so this is the song from Casablanca. So now we go over to 
Danny and Vicky, and he's like, oh, I can't believe you're moving to Chicago, and Vicky's willing to turn down the job so she can take the job doing the weather at the station to be with Danny. And of course, as happy as Danny is, he realizes what she'd be giving up for him. And <laughs> he's like, but that is your dream job. And Vicky says, but San Francisco has one thing Chicago doesn't. And Danny says, rice a -roni? I love how Danny's being not selfish here. He's like, Vicky, I can't let you give up your dream for me. He tells her, if you stay here and do the weather, you're going to hate it. And almost like, in a way, he's like, if you don't take this job and you do this just to make me happy by staying here, you're going to resent me, and I can't have that. We can't have that. But he refers to it as, says, you're going to, if you stay and do the weather here, you're going to hate it, and eventually you're going to hate me. And she says, I could never hate you. Yeah, resent him a little, but even that is like, nah. I think she needs to take the job. And, of course, it's a final boarding flight to Chicago. Okay, so, like, is I've never seen Casablanca, but it seems like they're playing that out. He's He says, Vicky, you've got to get on that plane. You're not, you're, you're going to regret it if you don't. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. And she tells Danny, you're right. Danny, I'm going to miss you. And they hug. And they kiss. And she runs off. <laughs> So Vicky comes back over and sits down and she says, I can't do it. And Danny tells her, you have to. She says, no, I can't do it because they don't have luggage or, or a ticket. <laughs> Danny says, you mean I have to go through this whole goodbye again tomorrow? And she says, yes, but we'll always have the terminal lounge. And she feeds him a pretzel from the basket. So, Jesse finishes the song and says, we're going to take a short break, but I bet you won't even notice we're gone. You know what? Thank you. <laughs> well, welcome to the Terminal Lounge, the hippest room on the departing level. We are the diplomats, and no, you're not in an elevator. <laughs> Thank you, Herb. I love you. What are you guys doing here? Well, we thought we'd come down to see you. I thought you said this was an oldest band. <laughs> I get it. I'll talk to you after the set. Flight 19 to Chicago is now boarding at gate 6. What are you staring at? Well, I'm not staring. I just have a stiff neck. <laughs> you want me to adjust it for you? I'll just adjust my chair. <laughs> okay, for our next number, we have a viewer. Oh, yes, sir. You have a, a request there. Yes, sir. What would you like to hear? Watch my luggage while I go to the John. Responsibility. <laughs> Who wrote that one? Gershwin? Hit me or... <laughs> Okay. Well, then, uh, we'll do this song. I I'm sure you'll all enjoy it. It goes something like this. You must remember this. 
Thank you very much. We're going to take a short break, but I bet you won't even know we're gone. So, <laughs> Jesse goes over to Joey, and of course he has to, like, turn around to get to where Joey's face is, since he can't move it. And Joey says, oh, Jess, I really like your new band here. They really make you look young. <laughs> so Joey asks Jesse if he can help point him in the direction of the restroom and <laughs> Jesse turns him around like, yep, there you go. So Becky asks Jesse, Jess, is this really something you want to do? And Jesse says, no, this is something I have to do. So, I mean, Jesse just feels like as long as it's music, that's making him happy. And Becky just feels like he's downgrading himself. It's something to do in the meantime until something else comes along. It's not like he's in it for the long haul as far as this group. I mean, he's getting exposure, even though it's in an airport lounge, it's or a terminal lounge, it's still something. And she, she's telling her, like, what about your music? You can't give up on it. Who says he's giving up on it? He's not throwing in the towel. Oh my goodness. Basically, this is honestly less about music and more about him wanting to contribute. Even if, you know, and he's like, if I get lucky and something comes along, you know, musically, if I write a song that becomes a hit, great. But in the meantime, he wants to financially contribute to his family. But you do contribute. You're a great husband and a great father. And he's like, no, I'm talking about money. I'm talking about financially contributing. And he says, whether I make a million dollars or one dollar, I can't let you go to work and make all the money for this family. 
And Jesse says, I'm a man, and maybe that's old-fashioned, that's just the way I was brought up. She says, that's who I love. See, this argument, this fight didn't even need to happen. Just realize that he wants to go out and, you know, help contribute and let him do that. He's not giving up on his music. See, this is the conversation they should have had back at the house. They should have just had this conversation at the house and it would have been fine. And she says, you know, I apologize for hurting your feelings. And she says, if you really want to be a diplomat, then you go do that. So, (laughs) Jesse says... What's the problem here is we gotta work on the tunage in this joint. What's what this this playlist? We gotta change it up. So I love how when Jesse goes over there, he calls them dips. Look, I know there's gotta be some wild rock and roll persona inside all of you that is just dying to get out, right? And Jesse says, "All right, we'll fake it. Rock and roll music in E." Jesse's got his guitar. Okay, this is weird because. I don't remember it sounding like this, like they had, uh, it wasn't fast like this, it was, Jesse was taken aback by (laughs) them still singing in their slow-mo music tone, and Joey is dancing with Becky, and he's like, oh, hey, my neck's back to normal. Hey, Jess, I really like the new band. They really make you look, uh, young. Do me a favor and point me to the restroom. Sure. Jess, honey, is this really what you want to do? No, this is really what I have to do. Uh, sing Glowworm in an airport lounge? Admit it's not the coolest gig in the world, but it's still music, and you gotta admit, Irv is one bad mom on his own right. Just what about your music? You can't give up on that. I'm not giving up on my music. I'm still gonna work on my music, and if I get lucky, you know, it'll be great. I'll get a shot, but right now, I gotta contribute to my family. But you do contribute. You're a great husband. You're a great father. I'm talking about money. Now, whether I make a million dollars or one dollar, I can't just let you go to work and make all the money for this family. I'm a man. You know, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but that's who I am. That's who I love. Sweetie, I'm really sorry if I hurt your feelings. And if you think it's important to be a diplomat, then I back you 100%. Thank you. What's important is the tunage in this joint. We've got to work on this playlist. All right, dips. Guys, come on now. I know deep, deep down inside you, there's got to be some kind of wild rock and roll maniac just dying to get out, huh? All right, we'll fake it. A little rock and roll music in ease, shall we, fellas? Here we go. Okay, so Hulu has a different than what the DVD has. So I'm going to play the uh, the Hulu version of the scene. Hold on a second. Little rock and roll music in each, shall we, fellas? Here we go. Just let me hear some of that rock. 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 R
It's almost like that scene was cut out of the DVD for some weird reason, or just the setup. And I'm like, why? Because that's the, the one on Hulu is the one that I remember from watching it in reruns and stuff like that. So I don't get that at all. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much the episode. You know, Becky is, is fine with him contributing to the family and everything. And he says, I'm not going to let go of my music. I'm not going to downgrade myself. It's just something to do. So I'm still connected to music as I'm working on and hoping to get a record deal at some point. So, yeah. So, definitely worst outfit of the episode. I'm going to give it to, I think, Michelle's, like, her white shirt with a jean jacket with the uh, plastic barrette things on there. It just looked really tacky, really gaudy. Um, I, I kind of would have to say, I really like the Diplomats, um, it's like a, um, pastel gingham style suit jacket, and they just look, <laughs> look really nice. Uh, runner-up, I would definitely go with Kimmy's jacket, it was really cool, with the designs and everything, or, uh best outfits um Tara Tidable moment is look sometimes you have you while you're working on the big picture you do little many things to still stay connected that's okay and you know you work on your mini dreams while you're reaching for your big dream and also, you know, when it comes to finances and stuff, it's like it's always best to try to talk it Talk it out, work out a game plan for yourself, a budget, so you feel like you're contributing. Like I said, that's one of the biggest fights in a marriage and a relationship is always going to be pretty much money. Who's contributing, if they're contributing enough, you know, all that stuff. So You can always work on a, on a plan that works best for both of you. And in regards to Stephanie, um, if you're going to borrow someone's clothes, maybe don't eat, you know, it just, I don't know. Maybe ask first, which, you know, the DJ's going to say no anyway. Like, you, again, usually samples, when they have those things set up in stores, you get one. You don't get to sit there and just keep eating and eating and eating samples. Alright, so of course the next episode I'm going to be covering in Jesse's musical career journey is the season 5, episode 25 and 26, the two-parter Captain Video, parts 1 and 2, which aired May 5th, 1992, and May 12, 1992. In these episodes, oops, here it is. A record company wants to shoot a music video for Jesse's cover of the Beach Boys song Forever. And then Jesse faces conflict when a record company asks him to change his image. 
So look forward to that coming. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. I hope you all have a great weekend. If you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, all five-star reviews, to help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Bye-bye.